Well, praise the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to continue in the series entitled Living for Christ. This would be part number three, and it is subtitled God Without Religion. God Without Religion. Now, I know the title may seem to be a little bit inaccurate, but I assure you, there is life without the constraints of religion. Jesus came to give you a relationship with God, not to bring you a new religion. So we're going to talk about that today. So I pray that you stick around and hear the entire message. And don't forget to join us on our website at www.kingdomrock.org. You can click on the Living for Christ series and there you'll find parts one and two as well as three and the remaining parts of the series as they become available. So don't miss not one part of it. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled God Without Religion right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. All right. Well, as you know, we've been in a series entitled Living for Christ, Living for Christ. And this would actually be part number three and going strong. Thank you. I get by with a little help from my friends. All right. Let me read to you um, the same thing I've been reading to you um, over these last sessions. We're going to start off like this. Remember, uh, an ungrateful heart will find it very difficult to surrender. Those who feel they're entitled will hardly utter a thank you. Sacrificial giving originates from those who know they didn't deserve the blessing in the first place. Let's turn our Bibles to 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5. We're going to uh, continue there today. Turn down just a little bit more, please. 2 Corinthians 5. Uh, verses 14 and 15. And I'm going to read this to you out of the New Living Translation, but primarily today will be in the uh, King James. So just be ready. It says this in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14 and 15. Either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone. Say, He died for me. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised uh, for them. Praise God. All right. Out of the uh, King James, it says in verse number 21, for he hath made him. This is a yeah. Second Corinthians five verse 21 now says this. For he has made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He did it for you. We spoke from that subject. On last week, we spoke from the subject of finished. Jesus has finished the work. Remember, Jesus said, I'm finished, so believe. But religion says, not finished, so get to work. We talked about that conflict and that unholy mixture between law and grace that is being perpetrated in many of our places of worship today. So today we're going to go ahead and go into this part three and we're going to speak from the subject of, I pray you're ready for this, God without religion. God without religion. 
What is religion? Religion, uh, we know this, it is a set pattern or way of doing things. It is also a specific fundamental set of beliefs and practices generally agreed upon by a number of persons or sets. It is a group of beliefs and practices. Religion, beliefs and practices. Still, some would say, well, I thought you had to have religion to get to know God. Well, I'm so glad you said that because we're going to talk right about that today. I'm so glad. Is it possible to have a relationship with Jesus and not have religion? I'm so glad you asked that question. We're going to talk about that today. You guys are so sharpened on it today. Thank you for talking back to me. But again, religion can be broken down. The word religion can be broken down two aspects. That is beliefs, a set of beliefs and a set of practices. Beliefs and practices. The danger is that a person can can have a set uh, religious practices or can have a religious experience and still not know God. It is possible to have, catch hold of this, it is possible for people to have religion without God. Did you catch that? Our subject is God without religion. But it is also possible to have religion or a religious experience or have, uh, like we said, just a set of beliefs or practices without God. This is why the Bible says here in the end times, it, it describes many people, the state of mankind in the end times, which we're living in now. In uh, 2 Timothy verses uh, chapter 3, 2 Timothy 3, I'll let you get that for a moment. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, verse, verses 5 through 7, talks about the state of man in the last days, in the end times. And if you haven't noticed, we're living in those times right now with the beheading of Christians overseas and with the persecution of the church and with everyone saying, God, get out, get out of our schools, get out of this, get out of that. We're in those last times right now, those end times at this very moment. And so here is the state of man. You don't have to look at on on channel two news, channel five or 11. You don't even have to watch Kingdom Rock News to understand that this is the current moment that we're living in right now. So again, second, uh, second Timothy, the third chapter, verses five through seven tells you the state, uh, the state of man in these last days. Here, here is the state of man as regard to religion in the last days. Listen to this. It says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For of this sort uh, are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Notice the word says that they will have a form of godliness, form of godliness or a form of piety. The word form talks about something that has an outward appearance of being like God, an outward appearance of religion and outward appearance of holiness, outward appearance. You'll have the form. They'll have a form of godliness, but denying the real power that could change them. Let me read that for you again out of the New Living Translation. I love the way it reads. 
2 Timothy, again, 3, 5, New Living Translation says this. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. So you'll find a lot of people that will act religious, but will not have God on the inside, will not have a relationship with God. You'll find that right here, right now in this current, uh, this current stream of time. Are you hearing me? It says again, they will act religious, but will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Verse 7 says, it says, they'll be ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. That is, they're ever learning. They're hearing new teachings, hearing new doctrines. But what they're hearing is not bringing them closer to God. It's only making them feel more religious, making them feel more pious, making them feel more prideful because of what they know. Are you hearing? Jesus is truth. The word of God is truth. So again, uh, men will learn and learn because of, but because of the hardness of their hearts, they will refuse to see God. They will, they will refuse to honor God. They will refuse to accept or, or to even acknowledge the sovereignty of God. And in this current time, man is learning more and more and more and more. Knowledge is continuing to increase. And as knowledge increases, many uh, are, are becoming, they say, more, uh, they're becoming uh, atheists or agnostic. They're refusing to acknowledge the sovereignty of God. Are you hearing? Amen. So again, here's a group of people in these last times, uh, they will fall short of, of a truth or rather they will fall short of a true and lasting commitment to God. They'll have the outward form. Some may even go to church, but they will fall short of a true and lasting commitment to God. They won't mind acting religious. Hallelujah, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. And won't mind doing a holy dance. They may not mind carrying the big cross, carrying the Bible. They may not mind quoting scriptures but they will fall short of giving their whole life to him. There's a difference. Have you fallen short of giving your whole life to him? There's a lot of people that go to church, but they don't give their whole lives to God. Why? Because they want to keep something back that is pleasurable. They want to keep something back. They want to hold something back that they think is beneficial to them and not release it all over to God. And that makes that person religious, having a form of God, but never really knowing God. Ooh, y'all are quiet today. So again, the religion can be dangerous because it can offer a man or woman a false sense of security, thinking that you know God because you do godly things. Amen. And you can be just as far from the Lord as, this, if, if, uh, as if you're the sinner on the street. Are you hearing? Amen. Now, the Bible does talk about a thing called pure religion. Let's look at that. Let's look at James, the first chapter, James, first chapter. We're going to look at verse 26 and 27. 
The Bible does talk about a pure religion. Let's look at that and find out what that is. Verse six, verse 26 says, this is James, the first chapter. Now I'm going to read this to you again. I have New Living Translation. Just love the way particularly it reads it here so we can get it the King James a little bit later. This is James, the first chapter, verse 26 through 27. Are you there? It says, if you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Well, how many religious folk got a sharp tongue? Can't control your mouth. God said your religion, your set of beliefs and practices is worthless. Are you hearing? Verse 27 says this. Pure and genuine religion. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father, means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. Pure religion. What is it again? The Bible says it is caring for the orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. This means helping those who cannot help themselves and who cannot offer you anything in return and refusing to be corrupted by the world. Pure religion. But understand something. If there is a pure religion, then there is also an impure religion. If there's a genuine religion, then there is also a fake religion. You understand? And that's what we're talking about today. God without that. God without the hypocritical stuff. How many times have someone said uh, that I, I'm a Christian? But if you're a Christian, the woods are full of them. <laughs> I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. But all I can see is the devil. Are you hearing? Amen. You got no fruit. Got no fruit that God is in the house. Got no fruit that someone has been there. I can tell just as good when someone has been in this church cleaning. Praise God, we got some good cleaning staff. I can tell just as good I, when I walk, I don't have to see anything. I can walk in a place, place and just close my eyes. I can walk in the front door, just close my eyes, and I can tell the cleaning staff has been in here. Mmm, pine salt just fills the atmosphere. Just so wonderful. Just so wonderful. I got a problem with deodorizing stuff, but we'll talk about that some other time. <laughs> but pine salt, mm, I can tell, okay, somebody's been in here and they've been cleaning the church. Probably Lisa. I know Lisa's been in here. She's been cleaning the church. <laughs> Kelly's been helping her. Oh, bless Kelly, Lord. He's been in here. They've been in here. They've been cleaning church and it smells so wonderful. I can tell somebody's been here. But the problem is when someone says they have been here and there's no evidence. Yeah, I know. There's no evidence. I am a Christian. Where's your evidence? Are you understanding? Now, Jesus gives the illustration of the pure religion, so to speak, when he talked about the good Samaritan, someone who the Samaritan finds someone on the side of the road who is uh, basically left for dead. He picks him up, carries him to an inn uh, and has the man to doctor on him and help him. And he pays the Samaritan pays for this man, 
This man can do anything for him. He pays for him. See, that's what you would call an example of pure religion. But then you have this fake stuff where people do, do good things in front of others for a show. And that's hypocrisy. Are you hearing today? So we can have relationship with God without that hypocrisy, without that fake stuff. Are you hearing? Now, let me say this too: mankind in his last days here again, mankind has so corrupted religion as a whole, not every place, but as a whole, it's been so corrupted that it no longer serves the purposes of God, but it serves the purposes of that individual. It has become a system of control that darkens the godly, darkens the counsel of the godly and exalts uh, or lifts up uh, the counsel of the of the wicked. They would talk about you if you say uh, Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. The religious will say that. The world won't care. But the religious will say, no, Jesus can't be the only way to get to heaven. He can't be the only way to get to God, but that's what your Bible says. Are you understanding? Y'all help me out today. You're looking mighty. Here again, Jesus did not come to bring you religion a set of beliefs and practices. He came to bring you a relationship with God. Relationship with God. What is relationship? Relationship means a connection, a connection. And in the context, this relationship means coming in, coming back into favor with God, coming back into right relationship with God. He did not come to bring a new religion. He didn't come to say, okay, well, uh, I'm, on, I'm forming a new group here. We're going to call ourselves, mm, I'm Christ, right? Yeah. Mm, we're going to call ourselves Christians. And we're going to have a new church here. We're going to form a new, and this is how you do this, and this is how you do that. And this is, I want you to do this set ways here. And then this is how you're going to do that. No, he came to form a relationship between you and God. And out of that relationship, everything that we need to do begins to grow. As a whole, hear me, religion works uh, like, a, like an oven. It forces heat in, forces you to work, forces you to do a certain way. Externally, it forces righteousness. It tries to force righteousness in. But relationship works like a microwave. It works from the inside out. Does that make sense to you? Let me give you an example of religion. One man came to church just straight off of the street. And uh, he'd been in in gangs uh, basically all his life from a young child. uh, When he was recruited into the gangs there in L.A., uh, they told him in the gang, well, you got to wear your pants a little bit further down now if you want to be a part of this gang. You got to have these tattoos if you want to be part of this gang. You got to wear these certain colors, certain clothes, if you want to be part of this gang. And you got to do things to be initiated. You got to do this if you want to be part of us, this gang. So when they got him there, of course, they began to shackle him with do's and don'ts. They began to shackle him with law. As soon as he got in, you got to dress this way, pull your pants down a little bit. You can wear yourself some nice underwear if you want to, but you got to pull them down. If you want to be a part of this group, you cannot wear pants anymore that fit. Your pants have got to be on the ground, on the ground. You may look like a fool, but your pants will be on the ground. 
So they gave him these set of rules, do this, 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 and this. And as soon as he conformed to that, then they said, all right, now you're part of the group. Right? That same man realizes later on in life that gang life is not for him. So he decides, I need to go to church. I need to get saved. I need to give Jesus Christ my life. And so he goes to church. And here's a religious mindset. Oh, now that you're here, oh, you know what? You can't dress like that. You got to dress like this. You can't wear that. You got to wear this. You can't act that way. You got to act like this. And so he's left one set of laws for another set of laws. And then as soon as he has completed looking like the other church folk, and now he feels like, hey, I must be accepted now. God must like me because I'm looking like them. When you can do all of that without God. That's the danger of religion. That's the danger because it it will lull you into a false sense of security. Once you feel that you've dotted every I and crossed every T, then God will really like me. But you can be religious without knowing God. This is why people can kill in the name of God, because they don't know him. Does that make sense to you? So, again, we're going to say this, and then we're going to go just a little bit further today. Boy, our time is really getting by. We're just getting heated up, Patricia. Are y'all ready to go a little bit further? All right. Now listen to this. Jesus says, now here's a, a, stark a stark contradiction between relationship and religion. I want you to see this because this is very sharp. Jesus says, have relationship with God first and we'll work on the sin later. Come into fellowship with God first and we'll work on the sin later. That's what Jesus says. Religion says, let's deal with the sin first. Then afterwards, you can have fellowship with God later. But if you don't deal with the sin, you cannot have fellowship with God. Do you see the difference? Jesus said, come into a relationship with me first. And we'll deal with that together. Religion says, get your stuff together. You're still drinking beer. You're still doing the drugs. You're still doing this. You're still doing that. You can't come to the house of God. God won't want you because you're still doing this. You're still doing that. Get rid of that first and then come to church. That's what religion says. But Jesus came to bring a message that is the opposite of that. He said, I've made made a way for you to come to God first and together we can clean up your life. Did you catch the difference between relationship and religion now let me show you these scriptures second corinthians 5 uh, i'm just going to just go through these second corinthians 5 verse 19 our new living translation says this for god was in christ reconciling the world to himself no longer counting uh, people's sins against them and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation here again Jesus says, come into relationship with me first. So God was in Christ. God was in Christ 
calling people to himself, not imputing, King James says imputing, uh, New Living Translation says not counting their sin. In other words, God was not looking at their sin, he was looking at them. You see? Religion says, look at your sin. Religion, point, religion will point to your sin, point to what you haven't done. But God points to you. He wants you. He wants to love you. And together you can go in and pine saw your soul. <laughs> okay, not literally. Don't get pine saw. Okay. <laughs> Are you, hear, are you hearing? Amen. Are you hearing? <laughs> Romans 5. Romans 5, verse 8 through 9. You can just listen. King James Version says this. But God committed his love toward us that in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Relationship first. Amen. While you were sinning, Christ died for you relationship first not clean yourself up first relationship first and then he deals with all the other are you hearing he says while we were yet sinners Christ died for us verse 9 much more than being now justified by his blood we're made right in the sight of God by the blood of Christ not by your works and efforts Justified by his blood, we shall be saved from a wrath through him. Uh, we know this one as well. John three sixteen. You know this one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loved the world. He so loved the ungodly. Everybody in it. That he sent Christ. Relationship before cleaning up the mess. Verse 17 says, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Remember, religion is will condemn you. But relationship with God will justify you. Does that make sense? Now, here again, I want to caution you. I want to to bring you this word of caution. Then we're going to close out for today because there's so much more. And I don't want to overload you. I want to caution you because um, you'll find people who are quote unquote religious and who are really biblically, who are really uh, biblically illiterate, who will quote to you certain scriptures and will say that, no, 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 God wants you to clean yourself up first and then come to him. Let me show you one of those uh, scriptures that they're talking about. You can go to this one with me. Second Corinthians six seventeen. 2 Corinthians 6, 17. Some may quote this in today's church to say that God wants you to get yourself right, get yourself together first, and then come to him. But they're quoting verses and scriptures out of context. Let me show you this one. 2 Corinthians, the sixth chapter, verse 17 says this. Wherefore, wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Wow. Let's read that again. He says, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. The religious mind or the mind of man will agree with that. 
Yes, in order for me to be holy, I've got to stop doing this. I've got to stop doing that. And then God will want me. Then I can be right with God. Remember, religion says deal with the sin first and then come into relationship with God. Again, religion says deal with the sin first and then come into relationship with God. But Jesus said, let's have a relationship first and then we can deal with the sin. Can you see the difference? So they will quote that verse and say, well, you know, God must be talking to us all. God's talking to the sinner. Get cleaned up first and then come to me and then I will receive you. Let's read that one more time. He says, come out from among them, be ye separate, said the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. When do we, when are we received by God? Well, once we come out from among them and be separate and stop touching the unclean thing. Right? But let's look at the context. Who is he talking to when he's speaking to them here? So let's go to verse 14. Verse 14, same book, 2 Corinthians 6. We're going to read verse 14 through 18, and it will tell you clearly who God is talking to. It says in verse 14, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what accord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth, he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? Uh, For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Verse 17, wherefore come out from among them, and be separate, saith the Lord, and I uh, will be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, verse 18, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. So who's the Lord talking to? Is he talking to the sinners in the world? Telling the sinner in the world, clean yourself up, then come? No, because several times in these verses, he's talking about the believer. Is the sinner now a believer? No, because if he believes, he's no longer a sinner. Is the sinner now the temple of God? No. Does the sinner now have the gift of the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of him? No, because if he did, he would no longer be a sinner. What God is doing, he's talking to his people that have gone back into the world. And he's telling them, hey, you guys are unequally yoked. You already know the truth. You're the light. He said, I am already your father. Come out from among them. Come out from among them and be separate. Come away from that. Now, you know better. I've taught you better. Come out from come out from among the club. Stop shaking your rear end and come on. Come on back. Are you hearing? Verse 17 talks about a loving father who's trying to get his children to come back home. He's not talking to the ungodly, to the sinner, telling them to get yourself cleaned up and then come to the house of God. No, he's a father. Those who are already in relationship with them, with him. Uh, he's talking to people that have been caught up in sin. Amen. Any say people in here can testify that you have been caught up in sin, caught up in doing something you should not have been doing and you get caught up in anybody. I can't get no talk. You can keep I'll put my hand up. Praise the Lord. I got a couple of honest people in here who can say, testify, I got caught up into something, caught up in something since I've been saved. 
And God had to call you back out and say, come out from among them and be separate. Stop touching that. Stop doing that. And I will receive you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on away. Come on. Are you hearing me? But again, they will quote those type of verses out of context. Out of context. And try to tell you. That before God will want you, before God will come into a relationship with you, you've got to clean up your life first. But Jesus said, no, 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 I didn't come to bring you religion. I came to bring you a relationship. And when you give your heart and life to him, coming into a relationship with him, agreeing to give him all, holding nothing back, then you're in a position to receive all that the Father has for you and become all that the Father has destined, destined for you to come. Then you're in relationship. Amen. And from that point, the Lord begins to knock out the sin and helps you clean up the house. Amen. Okay? Amen. Remember, as we close here, we'll stop right there. A good relationship is one of giving and receiving. Amen. Giving and receiving. They say you can't beat God's giving no matter how hard you try. It is giving and receiving. I guarantee you, you won't be able to go to heaven and stand in God's face and say, Lord, I gave you all this, but I never got anything back. No, 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 no. The more you release to him, the more he will release you in greater abundance, in greater abundance. But here again, the challenge now, the challenge of today's modern day Christian the challenge is to release all that you are to him, Amen. to hold nothing back from him. That is genuine. That is real. And what you hold back from him will ultimately bring your demise. So we need to pray, God, Lord, I want to let's be honest. Lord, I want to give you all that I am, all that I have. But, you know, I got this over here on the side. You know, Lord, you know, I like doing this. And I know that you don't like me doing this when I do this. So I want to give it all to you. Would you help me to let this go and give this to you? Now, keep in mind, Lord, I like this. <laughs> I don't like what it does to me. I don't like how I feel before or after. But, you know, I'm connected to it some kind of way. Would you help me to break this hold? And, Lord, I just want to give it to you now. Now, Lord, here again, I really like doing this. But I know that you don't like me doing this. Would you help me to not like this? Would you help me to give all this to you? I don't want to hold anything back in my life. I want to give it all to you. And once you open all of your doors to God, he comes in and helps you clean up the house. And you realize after a while, wow, I haven't done that in a while. Wow. So-and-so got up in my face and I didn't even feel like slapping him this time. (laughs) Lord, you must really been working on me. My neck didn't even pop the first time. Huh. Well, thank you, Jesus. You took that control of my temper. Thank you, Lord. Does that make sense to you? Be with us on next week. We're going to go into part four of this. We're going to go a little bit deeper. So I pray you're ready. And I'm thankful that you're here today because we're getting delivered. We're getting freed. 
And here again, all of this should do for you is give you prayer power. Because you go into the presence of God and you feel nervous, you feel condemned. Oh, I did this, I, I did that. God can't want me. He's not hearing my prayers because of this, that, and the other. What are you talking about? Relationship first. And then the two of you will deal with the sin. Concentrate on your relationship with him. And you both will deal with the sin. Him more than you. Are you hearing? Let's give God a word of uh, hand of prayer. I mean, uh, let's praise. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're done. Hallelujah. 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 You should be feeling freer now. Freer to worship and freer to engage him. Freer to enter into his presence. Freer to do that. Knowing that it's not about the sin. That's religious. It's about the relationship. The closer you get to Christ, the further you're getting away from the other things. Does that make sense? If sin is over there, Jesus is over there, the further, the closer I walk to him, the further I'm walking away from the sin. Right? Further. And they tell me, uh, this is my third closing, they tell me, (laughs) some of you have tell me, the longer, you, the longer your skin is exposed to the light, the darker it becomes. Those who sit in the tanning beds. <laughs> the longer you stay in the tanning bed, or the longer you stay out in the yard in the grass and all that, doing in the things the grass, the longer you stay in the light, the more it changes you. There is a physical change the longer you stay in the light. Right? Same thing spiritually. The longer you stay in the light of Christ, stay in his presence, the more he will change you. There will be changes in you. Let's stop right there. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10. Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.